0: Hi, it's Laura Norkin, Deputy Editor at InStyle.com. We're working on a new season of Ladies First with Laura Brown. In the meantime, please enjoy an episode we love from Season 1. Here's Laura Brown's chat with the British actress and singer, Cynthia Erivo. Enjoy!
1: There's moments where I'm totally sweaty, outside, running, it's the sick mile, and I hate everything because everything hurts and I'm going to share it with you. I'm trying to sort of like remove the guise of perfection so that people don't assume that it's perfect all the time. I'm on a bike singing because you're going to hear me out of breath and I'm going to be sweaty and it's going to be kind of like a, whatever note comes out, comes out. If it doesn't, it doesn't.
0: And I'm not afraid of that. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, Editor-in-Chief of Insta Magazine, and each week I'm talking to a different major lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. This week I'm chatting with Cynthia Erivo. Now Here's the thing with Cynthia, she's the kind of gal that will get on the peloton go on Instagram Live and sing I Am Every Woman at the same time. She's got a Tony, she's got an Emmy, she's got two Academy Award nominations, and she's cool as hell. Guess what, Cynthia Erivo? Guess what? You're a guest on Ladies First, because you're at, one. Two, because you're first in what you do. Yay! No, and you just are a giver of total joy. And as I, I would say, if I were a, a New York Times reviewer from perhaps the... 1970s, I'd say, an incandescent talent. (laughs) I like that. Now you are joining me from Atlanta, Georgia. And you are down there right now filming the Aretha Franklin Genius film. And you're a little getting closer to the
1: end. Close to it. We had three episodes when we left. And we've been filming them consecutively. So we're filming them all at once. We finished episode six. I think we're at the very end of episode seven. And we're close to finishing episode eight.
0: Yeah, God, that's a lot, isn't it? And then with all of the stopping and starting, and I mean, and it's just filming uh, anything in the age of COVID is not nothing. And are you getting COVID tested every thirty-five seconds?
1: Yes, pretty much.
0: I had one today. I wanted just to say when we talk about how we first met, and then get to it so you and I met on a photo shoot
1: yeah with Michael Kors right
0: for Michael Kors uh, it was a dinner party idea and it was like oh, all the jazziest ladies in town and Michael Kors and it was god it was summer three something years ago oh yeah wow that was a long time ago we were young then actually you're still that's young that's
1: crazy
0: I have this artful picture of you that I took then and now funnily enough about three something years later we took more artful pictures of you for the cover of InStar magazine in October. It's been so lovely to to watch you you you've so acquitted yourself in everything you've done, but just to see you now just
1: oh, thank you very much. I don't realise how fast the time has gone so you say three years ago and it felt like a week ago it's so strange it's been a wild ride from then to now a very wild ride
0: and speaking of wild ride so cynthia is great and everything but she's also annoying because um <laughs> <laughs> no the other day i'm on instagram and she's on live and just on the peloton while, while simultaneously belting out note perfect i'm every woman i mean it was not no perfect peloton's
1: really fun for me because they have great music and it makes getting through these bike rides a lot easier than most other um,
0: activities and this song came on and I just felt like singing it. Uh, I think one of the things that folks love about you most especially in the the last really difficult few months that we've all had at home is you started, uh, you're at home, you're at home in LA as everybody else was and you started singing Uh, on your instagram and the most just beautiful uh really affirming uh song so tell me about the first one you sang and tell me about how you decided that you wanted to share that
1: the very first one was somewhere i think it was i was actually still here in atlanta and we just shut down and a friend of mine reached out and said i feel really bad and i just i would love to hear you sing this song because i know it would make me smile so i did an audio recording for her and sent it to her just so she could listen. And she said, I think you should post that. I think you should just do a quick video and just post it for people because I think it will make people feel good. So I did a quick video, it's black and white, there's no makeup, I think I've just woken up. And I posted it and people seem to sort of come to it. And whenever there are moments where I feel like, oh, we could really use something to just lift our spirits or I'm not feeling great and this will help to sort of ease what I'm feeling, that's when I tend to sing.
0: The two qualities I think about with you immediately are joy and presence. When was the first time that you felt like you really performed?
1: Probably when I was 15 and I did a production, like a youth production of Romeo and Juliet and played Juliet. I remember thinking, oh, this feels like it's a real play. Like it feels like it's a real show. We did it in like one of the studios at the Young Vic. We only had like two or three productions or production days and I just remember really enjoying it.
0: When you really hit the wherefore out there, Romeo, did you surge? It's actually a really beautiful speech and I think
1: people don't realise how lovely it is. I can't remember all of it for now, but it, it's just such it, a real love story. And when you're 15 and you're doing Romeo and Juliet, which is actually about the ages that they were, it just felt truer. Because you can't help but, like, be as honest as possible at that age. or oh, you're so in your feelings, aren't you? Yeah. Totally emo, still figuring things out, still calibrating. Hormones are everywhere, so you're just trying to figure it out. And I think that being able to do that show also made me really understand uh, Shakespeare and how useful it was to me as a young Black girl. Because that stuff is not usually accessible to you when you're that age. And in London, it's only accessible to a certain type of person, and it's usually not a young black girl from the Southwest London, and somehow I managed to find this. So I think a friend dragged me to this thing where she was signing up, and she was like, "You should sign up too." So I was like,
0: "Okay, I'll sign up too <laughs> and then then ended up getting the leading role. When did you realize that you had a presence Now, realizing you have presence is not an ego realization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is just when did you realize that you had some command? Probably. When I started doing, like, talent shows or open mic
1: nights in London, I think that's probably when I realised I had some sort of presence. Like, I would sing in clubs, and there's one place that I used to do, I used to do the arts club, and I don't know what it was, but for some reason, people would come around and they'd stand around and they would listen and they would dance. And I remember there was one evening where I, I was performing, and <laughs> this one woman, who I remember distinctly, distinctly because she looked like Barbara Streisand, it was very odd, um, and but she wasn't Barbara Shryson. She would come to the arts club, and if I wasn't there, she wouldn't come in. She's like, "Is she? Is, C- is Cynthia here?" She would ask if I was in, and, and they'd the same, say, "I'm sorry, not Barbara." Not today. And then she'd be like, "Well, t- let me know when she's coming back." So she would come to all the performances that I would do. Don't know who she was. Don't know where she came from. But she would make it a point to only be there when I was there.
0: Um, paging the woman who might be a little bit older now who looks like Barbara Streisand in London. If you see this, you're amazing and you made the night so much easier. And she
1: would come up to the front and she would dance and she would be like totally in her element. And it would
0: be brilliant because she'd be right in front of me. It would be, it would be brilliant.
1: She was amazing.
0: When did you silence a room?
1: I guess this might be an obvious answer, but I the first sort of. But, Three notes of I don't need you to love me in the color purple. Could you do a pin drop? Yeah.
0: So if you need, if you're like, you know, just need some attention at a deli or something, <laughs> do you just pull it just out? Just drop those three notes. Just it should honey, be fine. I, need, I need some more Della. No, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm just got, I've got great ideas for you in your, in your grocery area. I think <laughs> I need them, so I'm, I'm going to use them from now on. Tell me, so you went to uh, RADA, which stands for the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, um, which sounds super, super scary. What was that process like? It started off um, with me saying I absolutely
1: did not want to go and audition for this place just because I thought I would not get in. And then my arm was twisted by someone to fill in the application form under duress i wanted to do a young actor's course at a theater and the person who was taking the young actor's course wouldn't let me do it unless i promised to audition for a drama school and promised to audition for this specific drama school and i was like i'm not going to get in so no and she said well if you don't you don't come to this so i was like okay (laughs) fun (laughs) i'll fill out your form fine i'll audition Thinking I was being like rebellious, I didn't audition for anywhere else, just applied for this particular school. And then went to the audition. The first round, you do two speeches and an interview. Second round, you do two speeches, an unaccompanied song and an interview. Third round, you're working in groups on a speech. Fourth round, you work on your speech and you say it in front of the prospective students and the faculty.
0: In front of everybody. Yeah. Ooh.
1: In front of everyone. So the first time round, I was like, okay, this might be well. I know my pieces. I worked on them. So I said my pieces, had my interview, and they were lovely. Great. Didn't think anything of it. Got a second round. Fine. I go in. I do my second round. Uh, I do my song. I do It's a fine, fine line from Avenue Q, because it was unexpected, and I really loved it. And then I sit down to do this interview, and one of the interview was asked me if i if i didn't get into this school would i apply for another school and i went to be like really PC and say well yes i would because you know i really love acting i was going to say that but what came out of my mouth was no <laughs> no i won't because i don't want to this is where i want to go so that's where i want to go yeah and they all laughed I think it's probably the first honest thing that they had heard from someone this day. I get a third round. So do the third round. (laughs) I get through to the fourth round. Fourth round, I work on a speech from a play called Othello, Shakespeare. And I pick a speech and another person in the group also picks the same speech. She goes up before me. She starts speaking the speech and she forgets the words, giants totally. And my immediate reaction is to feed her the words, feed her the lines. So from where I'm sitting, I give her the next line. And I give her the next line until she's able to get up and running again. And she goes, she does it, all good. I get up, I do the speech, we both get in. We better be BFFs now. Strangely enough, I haven't spoken to her for a really long time. We didn't become close, but she was the sweetest person. And it was just really cool that me share that moment and we both got into this this place
0: yeah study versus instinct i mean i think that your instincts are fa- obviously fantastic but well, how did you hone your stage ability like how much of that did you have to apply some outside discipline to to your gut
1: well i think for me the main thing from drama school that i learned about was my vulnerability i don't think that acting is really about put putting on something you you don't know i think it's really about accessing things that you are familiar with that you can you can tag onto something else i learned at drama school that vulnerability really is my strong suit i try and find the vulnerability in each of the characters so what is it that this person wants and how can i access the most insecure vulnerable part of this person because then i can probably find out what they want by doing that that tends to be how i work and it's worked so far you learn how to to tap into things you already know tap into feelings that you already have tap into experiences you've already had in order to tell the story of someone else i would say a 60 40 split 60 percent is your gut 40 is skill and i think if you combine them together you could get something special
0: I am her. I'm also the editor in chief of Insta Magazine and have been lucky enough to come across the incredible Cynthia Revo. Today we're talking about how she does what she does, which is be an amazing actress and a singer who hits all the right notes. I want to ask her about her presence. (laughs) Joey, what gives you the most confidence in what you do and what do you still worry about? gives me the most
1: confidence? I think when people see themselves in the characters I play. And when it when it's just an honest reaction, I get people sending messages. It's like I played a character called Holly. Holly Gibney on a show called The Outsider and she is on the spectrum, the autism spectrum. And she, again, those women are rarely on television. You don't get to see them very often. And those women on the autism spectrum usually don't look like me if they are on TV and so I have had a lot of young black women on the spectrum or with children on the spectrum reach out to me after the show to say hey thank you for this because never seen this and I can really relate and now my kid has something to look at because you're like her or you're like him on this show and that's what gives me confidence because that tells me oh i, I It was the right song, the right tune, the right space, the right temper, because someone sees that 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 is their reality and they can completely align themselves with that. If I can play characters that can keep doing that, that can keep bringing people who haven't seen themselves before, then
0: I'm really happy. I mean, and isn't that something that is top of mind right now as well? We're we're post-election having this conversation. and, And just to have a young girl see something that we would hope that she can then take for granted and what you can contribute to that that must just be the most gratifying thing
1: totally i mean you know when i have parents reach out to me because their little girls want to be actresses and they've seen some of my stuff or they've seen me perform somewhere and they can't stop talking about this person or they've listened to a song and they only want to listen to the song over and over again it's just great when when Stand Up came out, I had loads of mothers and daughters sending videos of themselves in their cars listening to it together. The idea that my song can bring a mother and daughter together at such different ages and they find some common ground in this song.
0: And, and just something that you've put out into you're going about you're going about your work and you're passionate about your work, but when you put something into the culture. That stays with people, and you make a thing. There is nothing, nothing like that. I mean, it, from an image to to ever. I just think that is. I say that to the the young ladies. Uh, oh, you know, a lot. It's like make a thing, and 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 ha- and that gives you ownership. And again, not in an ego way. It's not about ooh, look what I did. Um, I really, it's it's the most special thing. Tell me, tell me what makes you nervous?
1: Oh, makes me nervous. I I only get nervous
0: just before.
1: I go on to perform. I always get nervous before I go on to perform because I care. And I think I'm nervous that one day I won't be nervous anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're meta-nervous yet. (laughs) I don't want to get to a place where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is
1: fine. I'll just go up and do this. I don't ever want to feel like that because if I ever feel like that, it means I just don't care enough. that it doesn't matter that much to me. And every performance matters, even when I'm doing one song it matters to me like it, even if it's the shortest song in the world and it's like a two-second a cappella situation I get nervous always always
0: yeah otherwise you know you, you gotta you gotta be a little clenchy otherwise yeah what the hell, what the hell? Uh, why am I there what are we doing what, why yeah. are you even there what do you listen to if you're trying to pump yourself up if you're trying to like pull up buck the gym like what's your what's your thing disco oh, go, go on
1: I listen to disco music. I am obsessed with Earth Wind, and Fire. There's a band called Boney M. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Oh,
0: of course, I know Boney M. I'm older than you,
1: girly. <laughs> but some people don't know who they are. And listen, <laughs> they're very acquired taste, but they are brilliant. Okay? They're pure disco. Pure, pure. disco. Pure disco. Who else? Uh, I love a little bit of Donna Summer. Uh, occasionally, as well, when I'm trying to pump myself up, and you know what, the last Beyonce's "The Gift" that's full of songs that get me going.
0: Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's good. She's good, Beyonce. She's all right. Yeah. In these past few years, which has been so rapid, you well known. You are a famous lady. How have you metabolized the growing amount of attention on you? I try to make sure that
1: I keep people around me who are as grounded as I am and can keep me grounded and aren't afraid to check me if I do something wrong. I want people who know more about things than I do around me as well because I, I don't think that my learning ever stops. And I think that's what keeps me normal. <laughs> because I think I want to stay normal. I don't want to be um I guess
0: is unattainable the word. You know the word I really hate, actually, and it gets used a lot in fashion magazines, and not so much any more aspirational, because I think it's really condescending. I'm just putting words in your mouth, but like I think, I think when you know when you, when we're younger and we and we have famous people, we we look up. You mythologize them.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: But you don't want to suddenly become just a thing. I want for when someone meets
1: me, for them to go, "Oh, you're kind of like me." And we can have normal conversations and they, everyone's blood pressure drops just a little bit. Everyone can, <laughs> yes. everyone can just even have a playing field and everyone can feel good. I do really want people to understand that these people in this business are mostly everyday normal people who have to take the trash out as well. Sometimes they have to wash their face in the morning, have a shower in the morning, just like you do. They sometimes get spots too.
0: not many of them though I mean not not the the aspirational ones don't get to I tell you what they all do (laughs) and they're lying if they tell you
1: that they don't they just know how to at this point because they have to know how to take care of them and I just want people to to know that I'm not out of reach there are things that I keep for myself and myself only because I think that's what everyone should do and nobody needs to know every inch of your business but If you can just be giving and be be kind, then...
0: And you're really... uh, You're very relaxed. I mean, there's not many people that would be on a Peloton and would go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go live. (laughs) Like, you're weirdo. But no, but managing yourself through social media and everything, you seem to have come to that quite easily. Yeah, because I kind of just have fun. I don't take it too seriously. I
1: like to dress up really nicely, and I'll share that with you. I also... Think it's a really cool way of promoting really great unknown stylists and unknown fashion designers and unknown brands. Jewelry I wear usually is by brands that you wouldn't normally see and no one would really know about. Some are by vintage designers, some are by those people who like to look for antiques and I find those. Some are by women who just have started their own little brand and they, they make great things. And then there's moments where I'm totally sweaty, outside, running, it's the sixth mile, and I hate everything. Because everything hurts and I'm going to share it with you. I think I'm trying to sort of like remove the guise of perfection so that people don't don't assume that it's perfect all the time. I'm on a bike singing because you're going to hear me out of breath and I'm going to be sweaty and it's going to be kind of like whatever note comes out, comes out.
0: Does it doesn't. And I'm not afraid of that. Could be a note, could be a squawk. Who's to, who's to say? Who's to say? And does it matter? Could Oops. be a mating call. I don't know. <laughs> But no, actually, I, I remember like when you were at uh, the movie *Widows*. That scene where you're running and running and running and running and running, that's insane. That's me. I ran. Yeah. How many takes was that of like all the? Cause it was a big. Was a scene upon scene. of You're running into different areas, right? So how many how many miles did you run?
1: I, I shouldn't want to watch. I don't know how many miles I ran. I want. How many takes did we do of that? I want to say it was like five or six. But
0: you were, like the freaking bionic woman okay let's do a bit more fashioni presentation stuff when I met you you were I think you were in a sparkly outfit but I the last time I bloody hell the last time I well last time anybody saw anyone was well a long time ago but in our jobs even style has golden globes party and you had been there and and you were wearing a tom brown ensemble like shorts and a jacket with tails How did your style refine itself?
1: I think I lost the fear of wearing things that some people might be like, "Hmm, I'm not sure. If you're not sure, then I'm probably very sure that I'm going to wear it. (laughs) Um, And I have an amazing stylist and the both of us are consistently looking for the thing that just is off to the left, just a little bit. Because that's the thing that gives me the most confidence. If I'm in something and it's like, I've seen this a million times, it doesn't make me feel confident. If I wear something that, gives me just a little extra then i'm i'm probably going to lean to it
0: what was that again a little extra what
1: bring your shoulder forward and back
0: yeah you're you're an actress on a red carpet and i always laugh and go if aliens came down and saw these women putting their hands on their hips and then stepping two steps to the right and they go what the hell is this I don't know if you've noticed, but
1: when it comes to the, the red carpets, I have a lot of fun. Oh, I've seen it. At this point, whenever I step onto the red carpet, that's the reception that happens. And I have such a laugh. They're like, can we look over Look over your shoulder? Blow us a kiss. Show us your nails. I love it. I just, oh, that's what, you'll get the nails. I'll blow you a kiss. I'll do, do it with both hands. I'll look over the shoulder. We'll, we'll have fun. Because I, I also have realized that these photographers have been there for Hours. Yes. These interviewers have been there for hours and hours. So the least I can do when I get to them is give them something to remember, give them something to smile about, give them something to laugh about and remind them that I I know that they're human beings too. There's one guy who speaks, I can't remember his name, but he speaks French and he only speaks French. And I know enough French to be like, how are you doing? And he loves it. So he only directs me in
0: French. <gasps> So So chic! So chic! c'est super!
1: C'est super! Super super! super.
0: And they go, like, you want to go super? And then they go, wait wait a minute, something's really, really good. They go, top! Super top! I love it! And he's like,
1: à droite, à droite, (laughs) à (laughs) droite, à gauche, à gauche. And he's like, right, (laughs) and you're like, okay, (laughs) parfait,
0: parfait, parfait. And I'm like, yeah, all right, good, good. Tell me how have you through this a whole few months because I've talked to you, you know, on and off through this and you've been being super busy. But when there were times that you felt less than good, you know, when you have like a shit day, like how were you what were you doing in your shit days? I'm just
1: finding things that could make me happy. Cooking something really nice or ordering something really good to eat.
0: What do you cook? A bit of everything. I'm vegan.
1: So, impossible burgers are my favorite. If you can make like a really good impossible burger, like if you get like a sweet bun or something, vegan cheese, the impossible burger is cooked just right so it's just as juicy. Also, I'll throw some bread and butter pickles on there, get some vegan mayonnaise on there, get some ketchup, and you're laughing. It's like a burger that you would order from a store and it's the best thing ever. But you're not hurting yourself because it's a vegan burger. No. It just depends on how you're feeling. Maybe that day it's just a really good hearty salad you want to have. Sometimes you lie in bed, you put some TV on and you just chill the heck out. Sometimes that's all that you need.
0: I mean, sometimes you're like, I'm not singing for you people today. And there are times where you're like, I feel like singing today and that's okay too. Okay. Is there a talent or skill you uh, you wish you had? I wish I could roller skate. I can't roller skate. Have you tried much? I think
1: I could pick it up if I gave myself the time to, but I haven't tried hard enough yet.
0: Oh, I can't drive. <gasps> Me neither. I've never felt the urge. Have you ever felt the urge to learn? I have felt the urge to learn okay. just recently, only because I was in LA
1: and I was like, well, we really love to be able to just go driving for a second, like just to take myself somewhere.
0: But not really. Okay, you can't roll a skate, you can't drive. God, okay, at least you can run.
1: This, this is true.
0: Okay, tell me about this young fella, this young uh, Nigerian kid, Anthony Madu, who was a, uh, how old is he, 11 ish? He was 10. There was a clip that went viral of him dancing a beautiful ballet. And so how did you see this? And then what did you get up to?
1: My publicist saw this video on Facebook. So she texted me this link and she was like, have you seen this person? And I clicked on it and I was like, I'm obsessed. Obsessed. I said, well, what do we do? How do we help? What's his name? Where is he? We've got to find him. I then reached out to a couple of friends and then it was myself Susan Hills, Lena Waith, Rishi Rajani, and we all sort of pitched in to try and make sure that he could get to the ABT, because Susan Hills works very closely with the American Ballet Theatre, uh, and I think they've given him basically a scholarship to to learn to, to get his ballet shoes going
0: here, which is kind of cool. Doesn't that just warm the cockles of your heart? Yeah. I love to ask women what they're ambitious for and you and I both own this sweatshirt which is by Phenomenal and it has ambitious on it. Tell me about what ambition means to you and what you're ambitious for.
1: The word ambition means that the the possibilities are endless. I know there's difficulty for some people to get to where they want to be but if you keep trying eventually the door gets knocked down and you can do the thing you want to do. I think I'm ambitious about my life. I, I want good things. I want good relationships. I want... Good things for other people too who are around me because it's just how I am. I want the best for everyone. I know I work really hard and I think I'm always going to be that way. I never take the easy way out. I never have. I went to drum school, came out of drum school, did plays in the middle of nowhere, auditioned for All The Things, did a Broadway show, which was eight shows a week. And my first film was me running in the middle of the night consistently. I never picked the easy thing because the easy thing isn't the thing that's gonna teach me. So I I purposefully pick the thing that gives me the challenge because I feel all the better for it when I get to achieve it.
0: What is the most badass thing you've ever done? Playing Harriet Tubman
1: because I was taught about what it is to be determined, what it is to be resilient. I only had to do a quarter of the things that she was having to do. And I had a whole team behind me. I had a whole camera crew. I had a, a director. I had all of these people who were there to protect me. She didn't have anyone. But I think that one of the badass things that I did was packing up my life from the UK and coming here because I did not know what I was in for. I had no idea what the show would do. I didn't know if it would be a success, but I took the chance anyway. And there was definitely a 50-50 chance that I was gonna stay in the UK. But I said, okay, let's do this.
0: Why not try? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna gonna finish this up with a couple of a cheeky tenor. Alright, go on. It's called ten firsts. Okay, first thing first. First Drink you order.
1: Ginger ale with ice.
0: Oh nice.
1: Ginger ale with ice. Yeah, lots of ice. And maybe a squeeze of lemon.
0: Refreshing. Do you drink? I forget.
1: I don't drink. No. Oh,
0: That's right. God, you're so pure. Okay. First thing you can look at on your phone in the morning. My messages. Like like texts and stuff like that. Do you ever get overwhelmed with
1: that? I don't because they're usually from really lovely people. And for some reason, the people that text me in the morning genuinely start off with, good morning. And it's always really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't get good morning from anyone. Oh, my gosh. Okay, first person you call? Um, my partner. Your partner in the law firm? In, the, in my life. <laughs> okay,
1: first fashion splurge? Fa- oh, my first fashion splurge. That was my Chanel bag, my first Chanel bag. Colour? Black, just simple black. When did you buy it? right after the color purple
0: first time you owned your shit. Okay, well, if we're going to continue with our shoulder motif the first time you really squared your shoulders
1: probably when i was doing backing vocals and i realized that i was being underpaid and it was late at night i wasn't being given travel home and i was like this is ridiculous i'm not doing this this is bullshit. pay me properly and put me in a car home and i remember going if you don't do this, I'm not working for you anymore. And they, they did it. You remember those moments? You remember when you just stand up a bit taller? Very clearly. It sounds like nothing, but it wasn't when Uber was running.
0: Buses stop at midnight. And so you would have to get like the night bus, which barely came. And it's not safe either. Okay, first thing you do when you see your family? Give
1: them a hug and a kiss. My mum's big on hugs and kisses.
0: Well, I bloody hope so. Otherwise, you've got to call Dr. Freud. Okay, what was your first date?
1: I think it was like a, like a cinema visit. Or I think we went to see a film or something.
0: Like teenager.
1: Yeah, and then like TGI Fridays or something silly like that.
0: Oh, to have those days back. <laughs> uh, first thing you do when you're stressed? I rub my head. It
1: soothes me, like self-soothing. Because I don't know what it is. Maybe there's pressure points in there, but I do, I rub my head for a little bit and then I, I feel a little, it's sort of like, Calms me down, and then I can think straight.
0: Then you're more, as we say as kids. And then you're more better. Then you're more better. Okay. Finally, first thing you'll do when this godforsaken pandemic shit show is over?
1: Probably do a live show for people.
0: I miss that
1: a lot. I really miss singing in front of people live. Yeah.
0: Or you can just go to Central Park and busk it. I reckon you'd make 50 bucks. Do you know that's actually not a bad
1: idea to do a Central Park situation where it's just like, I'm out here and if you're out here, stand far enough away and then we can sing.
0: Start spreading the news, New York City. Cynthia's coming to sing in a park. (laughs) Anyway, this has been Ladies First with Laura Brown from Midstar Magazine. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. And I really want to thank all my bosses, uh, the production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Danielle Roth, and Ford, and Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to my team, Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Instagram at laurabrown99.